This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, how are you? People of Earth, how are you? My name's Jeff, I'm a small wave lover, I'm a Craigslist scroller, I'm a Sierra Nevada beer drinker, I'm a Nicorette chewer, I'm a Honda Pilot driver, a father of two, I'm a proud husband, I'm an American, and I'm a midlife surfer, and I'm stoked that you joined me. Episode 34, who to thunk it? Without COVID, I probably would have never started this, so, so, um, you know, here's to making the best of your circumstances, right? And I've made some friends out there, and you are one of them, and I really appreciate you tuning in. We're catching up with Nick Peterson. He's down in San Diego, and uh, he's the founder and the uh, CEO and the CFO and the general manager and the operational operations manager of uh, Lazy Surfer, the Lazy Surfer app. You've heard me talk about it ad nauseum. It's basically a, a, a surf forecast app that's personalized for you. It learns from you. Is that called metadata? I, I should have asked Nick that. <clears throat> I don't know a thing about tech, but or data. But anyway, we're going to catch up with Nick shortly. Um, I wanted to say a couple things. One, I got a $50 donation an anonymous one no less and thank you to the man or woman who sent me that money i am not worthy but i god damn it i appreciate it i split every penny with uh, adam montiel who produces this and um he's got his work cut out for him in this episode and um thank you you could quote unquote buy me a coffee that's the little um, plug in to donate uh, the podcast uh, the website rather is midlifesurfer.com if you want to throw a dollar my way and you could just do that one minimum one dollar donation we're listener supported like a PBS telethon and uh, this donator wrote uh, I know I wouldn't have the discipline to do this myself keep it up always enjoy listening when I'm out for my daily walks and that's pretty cool when you're out for your daily walks, are you wearing vans? Are you wearing running shoes? Are you wearing those annoying toe shoes? Do you remember those toe shoes where they, you know, all your toes are autonomous from one another? Oh boy, those are douchey. I used to live in a, a town called Palo Alto, uh, where there's Stanford University, and it's it's just the hub of Silicon Valley. And um, you know, Silicon Valley, there's a lot of great things to say about it. But uh, one thing that bugged me was I'm a kind of like I'm a hold the door open for somebody kind of guy, right? Like when you leave, when you get a Subway sandwich or something and you leave the, you leave and you see someone behind you and I just don't want to slam a door in someone's face. I'm always that guy who holds it open or, you know, or I'm all, I like waving at my neighbors, you know, I'm not up in your business. I appreciate when people mind their own business. I, I don't like being nosy and I don't really like nosy neighbors, even though nosy neighbors for all their faults are actually the best kind of neighbors to have if you're out of town. And there's something fishy happening in your hood or around your house. But anyway, um, yeah, Palo Alto used to work out at the JCC, the Jewish Community Center at Palo Alto. And there are a handful of dudes that were wearing those annoying toe shoes. And 
you know, I was intrigued by them. Like, you know, maybe I should consider getting them, but I heard that they stink. And then that was a bridge too far. That crossed the line for me. And from then on, I, I look at those toe shoes with scorn. And thank God they're not as popular these days <clears throat> as they once were. You got to work out on a pair of Yeezys or, or GTFO. You know what I'm saying? GTFOH. All right. Um, let's see here. Oh, uh, also, I just didn't find many people opening doors or making eye contact or letting you in in traffic in Palo Alto. Um, so, you know, open a door for someone today. Wave at someone random. How you doing? Just a simple nod to acknowledge we're all stuck on this earth together. So let's make the best of it. Okay. Thank you again donator. I appreciate that. Hopefully you're walking right now as you're hearing this. I'm outside on it's a beautiful beautiful 73 degree afternoon, a little breeze in the air in the greater Santa Cruz area. My little son uh, Joseph uh, he's uh, in striking class right now. They can't do uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because of COVID but he can do some striking so he's learned to throw a punch and a kick and he doesn't even really like it that much but, uh, but we make him go anyway. Once he gets there he thrives it's a little less in there. Sometimes you just got to get off your ass. That's, that's always how it's been for me with exercising. Just getting up and doing it's the hardest part. Once you're doing it, you enjoy it. At least I do, and it's fun. But getting started is hard, and that's how Joe is. He's, uh, he's tough to get going, but once he gets going, he thrives. So I had plans to, uh, I don't know, I'm doing some Zoom conference tomorrow, and I'm I'm doing a PowerPoint presentation that I'm leading, and uh, I had plans to kind of prepare for it and take some notes. And so I grabbed my laptop and I grabbed some items. And my idea was, you know, I'm going to sit in the car while my son does his striking class. But lo and behold, I pull up. My boy's got his gi and his white belt and all his boxing gloves and all that stuff. So off he goes. And I look around in my car. Son of a gun, I left everything at home. But I do have my iPhone. <laughs> and I take notes on my notes app when I get an idea of items to talk about. <clears throat> I uh, put them on my notes app. And uh, so I'm referencing that right now. And in fact, I might have to reference my phone directly as I record into it because I wanted to read. Uh, I figured, by the way, I wanted to do an introduction to this podcast, you know, want to be productive. I could do that or watch Mandalorian. Um, so would argue watching Mandalorian is more productive than this, but. But here I am. I wanted to read an Instagram message I received from Tom Grant in Cheshire. I assume it's Cheshire or maybe it's Cheshire in the UK. Morning, Jeff. Just to say I love the podcasts. Keep me in touch with real surfing and real surfers and especially appreciated during the lockdown here in Cheshire. I live a two-hour drive from the nearest break, and I think you are so lucky to have all those beautiful waves on your doorstep. And Tom, you are absolutely right. You take it for granted sometimes. I more uh, want to complain about the crowds, but in reality, it's true. We have a bunch of wave machines here in Santa Cruz. Um, A question. Have you ever thought about making your own boards? I started this 10 years ago, and the joy and satisfaction of writing board you created with your own hands is very satisfying. Keep it up. I would love to know. Uh, as I believe you do, how to get back from the nose with some semblance of dignity. Now that's high comedy, Tom, to think. See, I must be misrepresenting myself. If you think I can gracefully get a nose ride going and then walk back off the nose to get back into the curl, then um, I pulled, I I sure rope-a-doped you, my friend. (laughs) I I suck at longboarding. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I have a plan. My plan is to be, when I go fully bald, I'm going to have a wrinkly 
sun-drenched face. Um, I'm still going to be fit, and I'm going to be no, I'm going to be longboarding a lot in my retirement. And then, only then, Tom, I'll be able to tell you how to tell you how to gracefully walk backwards on that board. But until then, I bet you do it better than me. And no, I haven't made my own board. I've I've thought about it. I'm not really the craftsman type. Um, I don't have much faith in things that I make. But I'll tell you, uh, I, I just there's so many shapers in my town, and um, I'd rather just, you know, if and when I can afford to, um, get an expert to make it for me. You know, like I just I'm of the mind. My dad always said this, uh, for better or worse. You know, if uh, if um, if you have a plumbing issue, you know, call a plumber. If you have an electrician, elect, electrical issue, call an electrician. In other words, leave it to the experts. And uh, and that's kind of my style too. Although I gotta say, I'm doing a little more uh, ding repair. I not more, but I I'm not shying away from ding repair as much these days. I like. Uh, in fact, I got some <clears throat> pressure dents on the bottom of one of my boards, and um, I understand a lot of people say leave them be, but they bug me. They're just little dimples, dents on the bottom deck of the board from my Mexico trip last summer. I, I drunkenly threw a bunch of fins into the bag, and I was an idiot, man. Those fins beat up my board pretty good. But so I'm gonna get after that. I th- it's a polyurethane board, really polyester, you know, polyurethane polyester composition. So I'm gonna do a little bit of Volan cloth, right? Like out of a ding repair kit. I'm gonna lay that cloth in there, and then I'm gonna just tape it off. I don't know how to tape it off well. I'm gonna look that up on YouTube. You can learn a lot on YouTube. And then I'm gonna fill it with some hot coat, right? And then it's going to harden. And then I'm going to go uh, wet sand. Fireman Mike. You remember Fireman Mike? Yeah, look up Fireman Mike on, on this podcast. Great dude. Capitola Regular. He actually broke a rib the other day I heard <clears throat> surfing. But um, he's a really nice conversation. And he, he, does a good, he does a good ding repair. And I was texting him. And he was saying, like, good for you for, for repairing your, your boards, man, on your own. Um, so that's about as craftsman as I get. So, yeah, I'm going cloth hot coat and um and then sand it with 100 grit then whatever 220 and 320 and 400 and 600 and something like that so that's what i plan to do i just got to get around to doing it i did oh i gotta tell you something i booked a trip to nicaragua i'm gonna go surf nicaragua legit and uh the trip's not far off it's um my wife prefers I'm not specific about these kind of things, uh, just in case um, anyone out there is, is, wants to stalk me. But um, anyway, I'm going to be there just at the start of the wet season. And um, you know, I was talking to um, another a shaper in town here, and he was telling me, you know, he's like, right on, that can get from 5 feet to 15 feet. And uh, I was looking up some of the breaks, um, staying uh, near Colorado's is where, I was, where I'm going to be surfing. And yeah, it looks like some of the days it looks head high and really manageable, like not like really fun. And, uh, and with the offshore, it's like there's a chance I could get maybe a little tube. I'm not, I'm not the tube kind of guy. I've never been in a proper tube, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and then other days it looks like freaking backdoor or pipeline, you know, on a 20-foot day. And that'd be a day where I'm just going to uh, look for a break that is a lot kinder. So anyway, I want to get better at shortboarding. So I, I, did, I did a damn impulse buy. It's time I don't regret it. And don't tell my wife, but I went to a local billabong. I'd nab myself. Actually, it was an O'Neill. We have O'Neill, Billabong, and Rip Curl in town here. 
um, and Freeline and Pearson Era. We got a lot of surf shops. My favorite is Billabong for customer service. Adam Rapogel, former uh, pro, he runs a good operation there. And all the kids, they don't know the most about surfing, but they're very helpful and not afraid to talk and engage. And they're just, they're helpful. Um, there's other shops in town that I'm not that a fan of customer service wise. But anyway, this one I got an O'Neill because they had it in stock. And it's the six, it's a 6-2 Channel Islands. I want the weirdo ripper. I regret selling that. I had it. I regret selling it. So I found something called the Rocket Wide. I understand it's one of their bigging, bigger seller, bigger, bigger selling models. It's pretty user friendly. It's 40 liters, 6'2", 21, I think wide, and uh, 2 and 7 eighths. And I got there, and I got to tell you, I, was a li- I, I called them. I said, you got the Rocket Wide? And they go, yeah, we have one, 6'2". So shit, I'll see you there in a second. I rushed down there, credit card burning a hole in my pocket. And um, I was a little disappointed it was EPS. It's the spine tech technology. Um, I'm not a fan of the way they look to start. Like, everyone's board has a big black stripe going down it now, right? Like, I think Firewire does that, and you see it with Lost Boards and, and Channel Islands. And um, I, guess, I guess the build is, is um, I guess it's a good build. I'm sure it's strong. I watched a little video on it. Britt Merrick, who out of Channel Islands, who seems like a really sweet dude. And if you want to hear him, he's got a great interview on Surf Splendor with David Lee Scales. Um, Channel Islands makes great shapes. So I'm not crazy about buying a national brand, but it's not Channel Islands' fault they're national. I mean, international, really. Um, they just make a good product. And I understand they contract out local shapers in the respective continents in which they do business. You know, for instance, they have a, an Australian shaper who's putting his hands on the boards that are being sold in Australia. So that's a pretty ethical way to do business, I think. Unlike uh, companies like SurfTech or Firewire, as I understand, uh, where they're manufacturing overseas and in Asian areas uh, for a lot less labor and then selling it domestically. And then, you know, I've talked about this ad nauseum. I'm just a fan of the surfboard shaper culture. And I feel a little dirty buying a board that wasn't built in Santa Cruz, you know? All that said, I bought the damn board and I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Took it to a couple spots, uh, took it to a bigger spot. I guess it's for like waist to head high. Um, <clears throat> and I haven't surfed it over, I don't know, probably chest high conditions, but I've been doing this uh, wave key, Brad Gerlach. I'm doing it. Have you heard of it? Check out wave key, wave and then KI. I'm on the second stage of fundamentals. He has the perfect like Southern California accent. Watch this beautiful take off. Feel the board as you take off. Imagine the wave. But it's really relaxing. And his whole focus is muscle memory. He shows you the right technique. He encourages you to do it in slow motion over and over again. So like I was doing a take off, or as you would call it, a pop-up. But I don't call it a pop-up anymore. Call it a pop-up, I'll punch you in the mouth. It's called takeoff now, okay? And uh, anyway, it's a good takeoff. It's like, you know, plant, you, you breathe out, you plant your hands, then you bury your chest into the, into the deck and then you scoot your butt up, right? You make your butt high. So your knees are scooting forward, forward, forward. And then it's about that back foot. I've always thought it's all about getting that front foot forward and that's the key, but the back leg, you 
want that knee to meet your, like I'm regular footed, so I want my back knee, which is my right knee, to meet my right elbow or thereabouts. And then you bring up that front foot. And it's not like you're popping up on a static plank. And I'm going to talk about this for a minute with Nick Peterson too. You're pulling the board under you. So you kind of do that action as well on my, on my floor. I, you know, I wear sweats, so it's kind of slippery and on a hardwood floor. And I, I kind of slide and I feel like I'm pulling myself or pulling the board under me. And you actually watch your foot land. I never knew that. You might be listening and think, what a kook. You just figured that out after whatever, eight years of surfing. Yeah. I just figured it fucking out. I suck at surfing. I thought you knew that by now. I told you, I can't walk backwards off that nose, Tom. Anyway, so I was doing that <clears throat> with my uh, rocket wide with spine tech technology. And uh, I had that. Oh, and then Brad Gerlach says, okay, after you practice it, and you do it like every day, right? You just do these exercises. It kind of reminded me of golf lessons. And again, I don't really golf, but I do find the analogy um, surfing to golf. I find it pretty accurate. Like golf is like technique, technique, technique. And then when you swing and you actually play, don't worry about the technique. You do the practice, you do the work ahead of time, and then when it's game time, you just let it go and don't sweat it. And he's all about that. I recommend it. It's kind of expensive. I think it's like 20 bucks a month, but um, it's, you just check it out and tell him, tell him Midlife Surfer sent you. He won't know what the hell you're talking about, but um, he just seems like a cool dude too. I mean, he just seems like a rad guy. So anyway, I got the 6-2 rocket wide. I've taken it out four or five times. First two times I took it out. I got some waves. I wasn't feeling it just yet. And it wasn't until I really implemented this throwing the board under my feet kind of thing where it really kind of clicked. And I had a, a, actually a, one of my better shortboarding sessions um, at a very popular, notable spot here in Santa Cruz. <clears throat> and, um, and I'm stoked on that. So uh, I'm going to bring that to Nica, Nicaragua. I am. And, um, and then what's, what am I going to bring if it gets barreling? First of all, can I handle a barrel? I mean, really like, can I handle an empty hollow barreling wave? So I I got all uh, up in my head about that recently and I've wasted way, way too many calories online looking stuff up and, you know, Matt Biolos lost. Um, some people don't like the guy. I'm a fan of the shapes and, uh, Obviously, uh, he's doing something right. He makes a lot of user-friendly shapes, and uh, I have my one of my couple of my friends are, are fan of, fans of his brand, and I am too. Um, and uh, but again, I got this, you know, by local ethos, except for the rocket wide. At least I got that locally, right? But anyway, there's uh, something called a quiver killer, and people rave about that and say, you know, it really can handle some juicy stuff. And uh, you know, there's like a six-four quiver killer. It's like thirty-nine liters, which would be really ideal for me but then you know I'm, I got this carver the 6.8 speed egg more or less from Michelle Junot and so this is why it's cool to work with a local shaper you know I was kind of lusting at this quiver killer and I was looking like the Pizel the ghost or something like that and all these national brands but which are just fine and if you surf them god bless you I'm shoot I mean I wish I had all those boards too to surf but I already invested on in a, in a 6.8 by 21 and a half, two and three quarter board called the Carver by Michelle Junot. I know the Flying Hutchman down in Los Osos or Cayucas, he, he got one too. And he has one in a longer length, like seven, six or something. He loves it. And uh, I got mine at six, eight and, um, it's like a speed egg. Anyway, I had a nice talk with Michelle Junot. I called him and I said, just this, I said, look, I'm traveling here. This is, he goes, Oh boy. He gave me a bunch of advice. And I said, what do you think, dude? It's a two plus one setup. You know, what do you, how can that handle, 
you know, if it's barreling, am I okay on this board? He said, absolutely, you're okay. You're going to get in a little earlier. And he said, if you find yourself in a, bar- in a barrel, just point the nose, point the nose toward the, toward the exit and get low so the lip doesn't knock you off your board. He said, the first time you find yourself in a barrel, chances are you're not going to be low enough and the, and the lip's going to smack you off. So I'm going to keep that in mind. And uh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to get all up in my head about all of the technique that Brad Gerlach has told me. And I'm going to do exactly what he says don't do and think about it while I'm in the water. I'm going to ruin my session. No, but I'm there for about a week. So I think I found my quote unquote step up. It's my carver. It's my 6'8", <clears throat> 21 and a half by 2 and 3 quarter Michelle Juno carver model. <clears throat> And um, it looks like the CI mid, basically, I think. It's kind of like similar shape, right? Like it's like it goes like flat. It's like subtle concave, and then it eventually has a double concave. I don't know if it's a V out the back, but um, it's similar to that. And um, I reckon it's about 42 liters. So I got my 40-liter CI. I got my 6.8 Carver. I think I'm going to take those two boards. I got too many boards now, man. I got those two boards. I got uh, Mini Simmons coming from Ryan Lynch at Timber Surf Co. Um, it's a second version of a Mini Simmons he's making for me. This one's going to be a little s- shorter, a little more nimble. The fins are going to be moved up in it. He wanted to make me another one. He's just that kind of guy. He's like, I don't. I want to make you a- another one. And I was like, well, do I have to pay you for it? You know, he's like, no, 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 no. Bring back the one you have, and uh, I want to make you one better. So I said, okay. <laughs> so he's doing that. Timbersurfco.com. Check that out. Um, what else do I have? I got my 910 longboard. I got a, I got a, I no longer have a 710 egg. I got a fat eight foot egg. Another Michelle's You Know product. I got a 710 kind of fun board thing uh, with extra rocker and a swallowtail. And uh, that's from um, my father in law. It's, it has no logos on it. It was made by an electrician in Cayucas for him. He builds custom homes. He's retired now, but it was a gift. And then he gifted it to me. And uh, it's probably my emotion. I mean, sentimentally, it's probably my. It, it is my favorite board. Um, although I don't do it justice surfing it. That's a pretty board. I gotta. I gotta post some pictures of it. First time I took it out at the hook, and then I was walking back on the rocks, and I slipped and fell and fucking dinged it. <laughs> I dinged it. All right, that's enough rambling, right? Um, again, uh, buy me a coffee, buy me some Nicorettes. I'm going to quit doing Nicorettes soon, so I'm going to have to take that message off. Uh, you know, if you want to donate to the show and uh, show your support, that's cool. If you don't donate, no worries, dude. Like, don't, you know, I listen to so many podcasts and I don't give them a penny and they beg for money all the time. So um, don't, don't, I recommend you don't donate, in fact. I got 50 bucks, so so I'm fine. All right, let's check out Nick Peterson of Lazy Surfer. Where about are you in San Diego? I'm in uh, Ocean Beach. Right on. Cool. Did you, uh, it's really beautiful up here in Santa Cruz, too. I think, nice. I think the rain's behind us, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we, got, we got dumped down there for a while, but um, no sign of it lately. How's up. your app doing? Lazy Surfer is chugging along. Um, I've got some help from a, a marketing guy who just graduated college and he's got a ton of energy just going like bonkers off the wall all the time. I got to help him stay focused, but he's really good. Cool. Uh, he's got a lot. We just got to uh, a thousand followers on Instagram, which is pretty cool. Congratulations. Thanks. Got a bunch of downloads. Um, it's good. It's going well. I still have plenty of problems to deal with, but right. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. 
quick, I, I always fumble through describing your app, but let's hear it from uh, the founder himself. Describe your app for listeners once more, Lazy Surfer. I really like the, the, the way you said it last time. I thought you really nailed it. But um, the way I like to do it is to describe how one time I went out to kind of like a fickle reef in, uh, in San Diego. It doesn't break very often. It only breaks under certain circumstances. And I got it really, really good. Like, perfect. Really good. One of the best sessions I've ever had. Um, and I got in and I was like, I'm going to write the conditions down. I'm going to go home, going to look at Noah, going to write them down. So I always remember them. And then of course I did not. Right. <laughs> and so that day is lost forever and I will never score that spot um, the same again. So I didn't want that to keep happening. And so I built an app that lets you um, or helps you um, remember those conditions. It's basically a surf log. So you tell it where and when you surfed, it goes and grabs all the condition data for you. And then it makes it really easy to figure out what the surf is going to be like um, at the different spots that you've surfed at. Right. And it's different from Surfline in that it's, it's pretty personalized instead of me just checking Surfline and seeing what's happening. This one's going to let you know when that reef is going to hit again, specifically for you. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we're generating so much data as we go about our lives. And if you think about even surfing, like when you go out, what you choose, when you choose to go out is a piece of data that you can then like um, keep track of and then use in the future to make better decisions. So that's what lazy surfer helps you do. It, it helps you build up like a picture of what sort of conditions you like. Right. And putting in your sessions and then lazy surfer will help you figure out where to go. Um, not just now, but also in the future, you can look at, forecasts as well so excellent yeah I've, I've, I've heard good things i initially heard about your app on um the spit podcast and yeah uh, surf splendor which is uh, i think the um <clears throat> oh what's the gold standard i think for surf podcasts every time i hear surf splendor i think ah, what the fuck am i doing this guy's got it i just i just enjoy listening to that so um yeah. anyway that's good so I, I hope you're getting more and more publicity and 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 the word spreading it sounds like um you're doing it on instagram and getting some traction that's great Getting some traction. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to work with too. It's, it's a fun community full of all sorts of interesting people. So cool. Such as yourself. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. That's the best part about this deal is inter interacting and making, making new friends in, in, in different areas. Yeah, absolutely. I get, I get like, um, I don't know. In the UK contacts me most of all from anyone else. I don't know if there's a reason there's an algorithm. Cause like if you type surf and podcasts in uh, on, you know, your Apple podcast app, my, my pod uh -huh. doesn't come up <laughs> and maybe huh. that's a testament to the hosting service. I don't know, but uh, I wonder if it's just different overseas or what? Cause it's just, I don't find it. I find it great. It's really cool, but it's like all of yeah. a sudden talking to people in areas that didn't even know existed. Yeah. I, I think those people just might be super gung ho. Cause I've had yeah. a couple of people from there too reach out and they are like, they're yeah. warriors, man. They, we complain in California about our conditions. We have no right to complain at all. <laughs> Not at all. People think Santa Cruz is really cold and sharky and, um, and yeah. it is really cold and sharky and no one should surf. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, well, let's talk about surfing. When was the last time you went surfing? Uh, I don't know if you called surfing, but I went out, um, last Sunday, I think it was. Right on. Um, and yeah, it was a mess. I, I bought a foil board for some uh -huh. reason because I don't have enough to do. <laughs> and, uh, so <laughs> getting ready to take the foil out, um, 
And I figured it was just going to be small because it's been small for the past few weeks. Um, and like an idiot, I kept telling myself, you know, maybe I should check just in case. Right. I should look at Lazy Surfer. Maybe I should check a buoy or something. Um, got all the way there, taking my stuff out of the car. Maybe I should check again. <laughs> Didn't check, of course. And, um, you know, waves for foiling are quite a bit different than waves you want for surfing. So right. I, I get out of the beach and it's like four to six, just like gorgeous, oh. um, no wind. And I'm trying to learn how to foil. I'm not a good foiler. I'm yeah. And I try to go out and it's just, it's awful. It's like just thrashing me around. And it was per the worst part about it was perfect surfing waves. Like, right. Ah, if I had, why didn't I bring a board? Why didn't you I didn't, you didn't bring a board with you? I didn't bring a board and like, I'm building a freaking forecasting app <laughs> and check the freaking conditions before. No I'm kidding. Like, well, wh uh, why do you want to, why do you want to learn how to foil? I think it looks really interesting, especially like in the summer yeah. uh, in California, when you have these kind of like crappy little wind waves and stuff. Um, I just want to get, honestly, I just want to get more involved in the ocean. Like I yeah. really like to, I used to scuba dive. I haven't done that in a long time. I'd really like cool. to do that again. Um, fishing would be cool. Kiting would be really cool. Looks dangerous, but it looks fun. Yeah. Um, I just want to find more excuses to get into the ocean. And so the right. foil, like it opened up a little bit more condition wise. Um, yeah. Cause I hear like, I've, I've heard um, foilers talk about it and um, you could just ride like, bumps right like you can go yeah. paddle way outside and catch bumps and when you foil are you trying to catch the wave similar to how you're catching a wave on a normal surfboard are you paddling into it uh how does that work um the one i got is made to like paddle into waves kind of like a surfboard yeah yeah but then of course once you get on it you can i think you can pump and you can kind of propel yourself that way. And so you can pump all the way outside, even way before it's breaking, way before you can even catch it on probably a longboard or a stand-up. Right. Kind of smoothly ride it all the way in. Yeah. Are you catching it on, like from your stomach? Are you paddling in conventionally and then you pop up on the board and then you lift off? Yeah, that's, that's the idea. I can't, I can't do it yet. It looks so dangerous, that foil. I know I'd, hack, I'd smash my... Do you wear a helmet? I do wear a helmet, yeah. yeah. A little sketchy. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think that's smart. I've considered wearing a helmet just for like normal surfing. I don't do yeah. it, but I should. Do you wear a helmet when you normally surf? I don't, but it seems like a good idea. Um, yeah. I've had a couple times, not hard enough, but. Yeah. I'm not a snowboarder, but I hear that's the culture in snowboarding now. My buddy Jason tells me that too. He said it was just a couple, you know, make fun of someone wearing the helmet. Came back a season later, everybody was wearing the helmets and it makes a lot of sense. What kind of helmet do you wear out there? Gaff helmet? I have a, uh, back when um, those bird scooters came out, yeah. they were giving away helmets for like a dollar. Oh, cool. So the crappiest little bike helmet that I wear, which is... And doesn't it, it doesn't impede you in paddling or, you know, like arching your back or looking up while you're on your stomach? It's not too bad there, but it soaks up water. Yeah. <laughs> it gets right. heavier and heavier, and then it's just like water dripping down my face yeah. That's probably a good neck workout after a while. Just some yeah. extra weight on your neck. Yeah. I'm going to have a really strong, like ripped neck. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can see it right now. Yeah. So how do you paddle out? Yeah. That's the other thing. Paddling out is, is an adventure. Um, 
It's funny. I thought it would feel weird to paddle, but on flat water, it really doesn't. Like you, you can't even tell that there's a big, you know, wing underneath you. Right. But when you try to duck dive, that's a whole other story. You try to duck dive this thing and the wave just like picks it up and whips it. Like it wants to whip it straight up in the air. Right. Really, you really have to just like, just slam that nose down as deep as you can. Otherwise the wave's just going to pick it up. How, how far is the wing? So you have, I don't even know the terminology, but you got like a stem sticking out from the bottom of the board and then you have a wing, yeah. right? Like perpendicular wing. How, what's yeah. the distance? There's like three feet under you, two feet under you, four feet. Uh, you can vary it. The one I have, I think is two feet. Yeah. And they make three feet and they make four feet as well. Word. So you have a two footer. I have a two footer, which I, I guess is the way to start. Yeah. That's what I read, but. Yeah, once you get good at that, then I guess you want to go longer, and that allows you to do the pumping a right. little bit better. Yeah. I took a screenshot of our conversation because if I don't post it on Instagram, it didn't happen. I'll do one more. Exactly. Smile, Smile good for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, uh, I had another question about it. Oh, what's the board look like? It looks like a very like fat, thick fish kind of. Or like a fat, thick uh, mini Simmons kind of. Like how thick is it? It's probably two and a half. Okay. Three maybe. It's pretty thick. Yeah. Um, and you can get them all different sizes. You can even get stand-up foils, which are mm. just massive. And then they have a huge foil on the, on the bottom. How interesting. And you surf it in a normal surf lineup? Uh, yeah. I try to go where no one else is just because right. learning and I don't want to, yeah. It, it is dangerous. It seems like if there are other people out there, right. um, but the ideal is different, right? It's at least for beginners. Well, for sure, for beginners, it's, you want it pretty small. You want it like a foot, maybe two feet. And then I guess the idea again, like I've only done this three times, so I don't know. I'm not an expert, sure. but I guess the idea is like you catch the whitewash, you stand up on the foil and then you start to try and pump the thing and try right. to get back out. Right. I'm catching so like back out, like you kick out of the wave and you can go back out to the next wave. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I've seen like Kyle Lenny do it in open, you yeah. know, open ocean. And uh, of course he's yeah. just at it. Like he's with everything else. If Kyle Lenny can do it, then we can do it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Did you see people. Pete Mel's uh, Mavericks wave? Yeah. It was mental. What'd you think of that? Freaking insane, man. He's it's awesome. He's 50 years old, right? Yeah, I think he's like 53 or something like that. And That's great. I don't think I'm pretty, I've never really, obviously never paddled out to Mavericks. I drive by the spot all the time going up the one to San Francisco. It's a nice drive from Santa Cruz to San Francisco. But um, mm. it sounds like, I mean, that wave was, you know, 20, 30 years in the making for him. He was in a really critical spot, but that, that camera angle doesn't even really do it justice, I think, no. uh, for how heavy yeah. that lip is. I think yeah. Kelly Slater says Mavericks is the most dangerous wave he's, he's ever served. I think he, I think Kelly even won the Mavericks, uh, I don't know, in the 90s or early 2000s or something like that. Oh, really? I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him out there. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is kind of cool. So, um, all right. So, before you did your foiling, what was the last surfboard you rode? Uh, the last surfboard was probably, it was either my fish or my mid-length. It was probably... My mid-length, I think. And you, when I last spoke with you a couple months ago, you, you just got that new mid-length, right? I've had it for a while, but I didn't 
there the conditions weren't good enough to ride it really right um, until finally this winter and i finally right. like rode it on something substantial and got a feel for you know what it can do and yeah it's an exciting board for sure you're um you're from wisconsin originally from wisconsin yep sweet did you surf and do any lake surfing prior to moving out to california no you should have my brother on sometime because he really uh, yeah, he uh, he suited up in the 10 mil wetsuit and went out there with hood and gloves and boots and stuff. Yeah, he's crazy. How, he's how, cold, how cold is that water? I don't know. Right, it's 40, be, low 40? Yeah. Yeah. And I cut you off. You're going to tell me he's something. He's in San Diego now, so he gave up the, uh, the cold surfing life, but uh, probably got a few good stories. When did you start surfing? I started surfing when I moved out here 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. I always wanted to learn how to surf. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin on a lake and we did, you know, all kinds of stuff behind the boat, skiing, wakeboarding, kneeboarding, right. so we were on the water a lot. We did scuba diving um, around the water a ton. And yeah, I just always thought surfing was just so cool. It so interesting and always wanted to do it. So I moved out here. Right. What was, um, What's one thing where you had a voila moment, a revelation that's something really simple, but you can only figure it out with, ex uh, with experience in the water where you figured it out and you're like, Oh fuck, that's a game changer for me. Hmm. Like something that I saw people do, but it didn't, I didn't get it until I got in the water. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Yeah. I, got the, um, I did an impulse buy. I bought a, a rocket wide at a, at the O'Neill and uh, I'm not much of a short boarder. I don't even know if that qualifies as a, quote unquote short board these days, I guess it does. Cause you know, there's so many alternative boards out there. And, um, I actually, I'm doing that wave key, Brad Gerlach deal. Have you okay. That's like a workout. Uh... Yeah, it's not a workout. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, I like, I was telling my wife, cause she makes fun of me do, doing my, they're not pop-ups, they're takeoffs, Nick. They're called takeoffs. Don't think <laughs> of a pop-up. And, and, um, it's kind of like a golf lesson really, where it's like, slow motion, you know, fundamentals. And then his whole point is, and I love his accent too. He's in Australia now, but he's got that Lucadia, like really like laid back, like a paddle for the wave is nice. You know, there's like mellow kind of stonery <laughs> kind of approach and it's really relaxing, you know? And, nice. uh, and you know, there's this, there's this little pop-up technique that he's doing. And I've always looked at a board. I was just talking about this with my neighbor too. We were geeking out on surfboards late at night where, you know, on a long board, you have like a static plank, you know, it feels like mm -hmm. a static plank when you practice on the ground, when you're just learning, it's as if you're just pushing up off flat ground and standing up yeah. on some static fixture in the water. Yeah. Uh, more so with the shortboarding, with shortboarding, you know, part of the pop-up technique is, you know, you're burying your chest, you're looking down actually, and then you're scooting your knee, your butt up, your knees forward, and then, event, and then you're planting your back foot, and then you're actually pulling or placing the board under your feet. So kind of like just pulling it under you. And then- mm -hmm. And I've heard this before too. And it wasn't until just a couple sessions ago, frankly, where I like it clicked. I was like watching myself plant my foot, you know, before it was like, how, how, you know, I need to put my knee up as far forward as possible to get, you know, get, you know, yeah. up on it. And it kind yeah. of puts my whole mentality where like, and I went to the hook the other day and I was on this thing and um, it just like clicked. And like every way, the second I caught it, I was just thinking, just plant your, watch your front foot plant, but also take that board and throw that thing under your feet. Right. Like, nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then once you get up and then, and you're going quick, you know, immediately you start pumping yeah. the line and get, and get going. So I don't know. I felt like that was a, a recent revelation for, uh, 
for my shitty surfer uh, <laughs> but did you have you ever had a revelation of, of, of a sorts like that or anything that was kind of a game changer where you're like all right I'm less of a beginner now I think uh, I think I'm getting this I think I kind of had one that was a lot like that like um, probably two three four weeks ago I was out at the OB pier yeah and the waves were going from nothing to standing up really quickly and so you really had to be in the right spot and, and get up on your feet real quick. And yeah, I, I noticed that I was doing something like that without even thinking about that. I was like whipping the board backwards underneath me. And that was such an odd thing to feel, but at the same time it made sense and it worked really well. Right. Um, the only other thing I can think about is like, I used to have a long board. I wish I still did, but I yeah. don't. But um, for a long time, I would try to turn it like a short board. Right. I try to put it on rail. Right like getting so frustrated like why the hell isn't this working why am i just tipping this thing over in the water totally and and then i just i must have like just accidentally been too far back too far back quote unquote yep and um tried to turn it and it was a whole different experience because i was in the right position to try to turn the board and it was yeah it just clicks like that it's like oh i'm gonna guess you kind of you kind of pivoted it more yeah yeah more of a pivot and just using my back foot right instead of like leaning right yeah, uh, the, I, I'll go through little phases where I'm trying to learn to shortboard or, you know, I want to just, you know, roller coaster the wave, you know, just get going as fast as I can, do a cutback and just ride the wave to its completion. Because more often than not, I never make it, I never make it all the way down. Like I'll catch, you know, yeah. waves. I'll take some drops. I'll feel like I caught waves, yeah. but I don't like take it all the way in. Right. And uh, you, don't, you don't feel like you finished the wave? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it'll section out on me and I didn't get around it in time or, you know, there was some kid that was paddling past and he stuck and I made it around him. And then it was a wide open face. This was just a uh, Sunday morning on my, uh, on my, my new, uh, six, two rocket wife. And I was like, there's a face. And I went up it and I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, dude. I tried to turn <laughs> and throw spray. And then it was like, Whoa, poof. And I just, I just gotten a third and just kept going straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but Oh, so I'll go through different phases and then sometimes I'll watch, you know, Devin Howard or I'll talk to some longboarders or I'll watch some longboarders and I'll think, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, I get it now. All right. I'm going to go longboard the next, next three or four sessions. I'm going to go get out there and I'm going to really work on longboarding, you know? And yeah. then your point, if you, I just transitioned from a shortboard to a longboard, it's so frustrating. I bury the rail like yeah. three or four times, just totally kook it all over again. <laughs> it's like, yep. it's like, what am I doing? I guess that's why surfing is so fun is because it's so, so challenging. I don't think, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard. I think it's nice as, as annoying as we are learning as adults, uh, to people who've been surfing their whole lives. Um, I do think it's cool because you're going to be a better surfer in your forties, late forties, uh, uh, I don't know how old you are now, but, uh, you look about my age. What, how old are you? 36. Yeah. Right on. You're a couple years younger than me. So, um, we'll, we have a lot of room to improve. Whereas I think yeah. lifelong surfers, maybe, you know, yeah. the best days are behind them where us, um, us vows our best days. Are <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. People always talk about, you know, if you didn't learn to surf when you were eight or 10 or six or whatever, you really never learned how to surf. Right. The time those people peak in their twenties and then it's all downhill from there. Probably is frustrating. I, I hear people yeah. talk about that. And yeah. it's true. Um, like, oh shoot. Like the guy on my last podcast, Alex, check Oroko. 
He, mm-hmm. um, super cool dude and just a lifelong surfer, bodyboarder and waterman. And, you know, he's my neighbor. We'd hung out by the pool a couple of times, got to know each other. Like, yeah, let's go surfing. Let's go surfing. And of course I'm nervous. I want to make sure I don't totally cook it up in front of him. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And I was, whatever, it was fine. But I could just tell immediately, like when he popped up, he just brought this simple Takayama longboard, you know, not out to impress anybody. But just the second he gets up, like just this whole posture and everything, just everything just looks so cool. And nice, you know, smooth. And like I skateboarded as a kid, I could, I could land one out of four kickflips and I could ollie. That's my only skill I still have. But since okay. I as a kid, I could, you could throw a skateboard, I could run and just jump on it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just natural because I learned it as a kid. Did not yeah. learn surfing as a kid, and uh, and thus I probably looked like shit out there. But um, <laughs> but that's and you're having fun, you're having fun. Yeah, in Mexico, um, on my mid length, my six eight, I would kept popping up and I'd catch the waves, but it kept outrunning me, and it was because I was just huh. the bra- I was landing already with the brakes on, right? I was just yeah. back on the board, and so. Yeah. Um, I just look for, I want to take that board out soon just to kind of get that, try it on this guy where I'm just kind of shoving it where you're, you're, you're landing more forward on the board. You watch yeah. like Mason Ho and, you know, some of these videos, they're so far forward on the board to make it just mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Yeah. One of somebody else was telling me about that uh, the other day too. They hired a surf coach. Yeah. Surfing their whole life. Um, since they were pretty young, they hired a surf coach and it was like immediately clear to the surf coach that, they were just putting way too much pressure on their back foot Yep. and just driving, just losing so much speed on the, um, at the drop in. And yeah. That's exactly what I do. So yeah. do you have your eyes on any boards that you want? Um, have you ever seen those album boards? Yeah. They're gorgeous. Those are the most beautiful boards yeah. ever. Like if I bought one of those, I don't know if I would surf it. Yeah. What, what model are you looking know. at? Uh, I've always wanted an asymmetric. I really, I like weird shit, um, which explains like the foil and stuff. Um, so yeah, an asymmetric one would be really cool. I think my brother's going to beat me to it though. He's talking about buying one right now. That's great. Um, yeah. Are you married? You have kids? No, not married. Not no kids. Live in girlfriend. God bless you. Uh, God bless you. How many times a week do you serve? Uh, if it's good, I'll go out four or five. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You have that working in your favor. I like that. Yeah. I, I surf probably once, twice a week. The goal, the uh, quota is to meet three, but I don't always get there, but I sure do browse a lot of surfboards on a lot of websites. Yeah. What's your, what's your, well, here we go. What's your favorite retail website to look at, to look at surfboards? Oh, I'm a, I'm a used guy. I'm on yeah. Craigslist. I'm on offer up. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying a lot of new stuff. I like, yeah, I like weird stuff, and the weird stuff shows up on Craigslist. Totally, because people will get that new album Asim or something, and they'll realize they're not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's there's a little too asymmetric so many, for them. There's going to be so many like CI mids when coronavirus is behind <laughs> us. There's going to yes. be so many mids on the market, and I'm here for yeah. like a six be, or something like that. that. I would take it. There you go. They're going to be giving them away. When you're on Craigslist, what are you? What's the first thing you type into your the search bar? What do you like addictively look for? Ooh, uh, it depends. Um, for a long time, it was asims. It was asymmetric. Um, every once in a while, I'll type in uh, a Shelby Cobra and take a look at the Cobras out there. It's my favorite car. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I wanted a 
a mini Simmons for a long time and I finally got one of those. Cool. Um, so that was cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have a go-to. Do you, do you have a go-to? Yeah. I always type in, you know, first I'm always just, curious. Okay. I just had to start with something. So, you know, that like that nose writers, Michelle, you know, he's just a super sweet dude. Nice. And he makes okay. really I got one. I got nice. that. I have an eight Oh egg of his and I got that six, eight kind of two plus one. It's basically like the CI mid. It's kind of a speed egg shape. I type cool. in, you know, I type in Werner V E R N O R. He always has this good looking shapes out there. Um, nice. Channel Where are those guys? Are they in Santa Cruz? Yeah, he's, he's based out of Santa Cruz, Watsonville, I believe. Okay. Yeah, and he makes a really kick-ass uh, Mini Simmons, too. Oh, um, cool. In our market as well, too. I have a Mini Simmons coming, a new one, a 6.0 Timber Surf Co. The other friend, oh, Brian Lynch. Yeah, he just sent me some pictures. Yeah. Of um, nice. The surfboard thing is really rad. It feels really good. He, I'm he looking was, forward to, to hearing you talk about it because I've never surfed that, and they look really interesting. They are, and they, they, they feel good. I'm not a big EPS guy because um, they're just so light. Um, even yeah. though that Rocket White I got is the um, uh, Spine Tech. It's a Spine okay, Tech. Yeah. Yes, it's a little lighter. I like that weight, you know, that girth, but I'm getting used to it. Um, but it kind of has, it's like EPS, but it feels, the exterior has a lot of integrity to it because it's fucking wood. Yeah. <laughs> And the, yeah. the shapes are clean. I, I know, I know how he machines them and, and some of the shapes he's using. So they're, they're proper shapes. They're pretty cool. I imagine nice. being emerging. I think that'll be an emerging niche in surfing is uh, yeah. manufacturing. So there's foam on the inside. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he does two okay. types. He does hollow core boards like Ventana, uh, okay. the hollow core ones. And those are wall hangers. Those are ones with like patterns you know, different wood species patterns and angles. But yeah, his yeah. is called the uh, Splinter Series and it's EPS and it's basically laminated with eighth inch redwood and then a cork bottom. Um, and he uses a bio epoxy resin. And I don't know, I can't recall if he uses fiberglass cloth or not on it. I don't know. He, huh. He's pretty, he's kind of puts his money where his mouth is in regard to sustainability. And um, I mean, I know, yeah. I, I know because I actually, I met him with um, my other job for an adhesive company in which I work and he wanted to know the chemical makeup of it to see if it was, it was kosher for him to use, uh, with interesting boards. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I got that coming too. I got nice. way too many boards. How many boards do you have? Uh, I have a limit of four. Good for you. I'm only allowed to have four. The problem is you get like emotionally attached to boards. Like yeah. I, I kind of just wish I had four or two, but I have boards that I bought that, you know, like from Juno and stuff that just, they're just pretty. And I know I'm going to want to surf them in like two years. Maybe I'm not surfing it as much now and I just can't get rid of it. But at the same time, right. You know, I want that rocket wide, you know? Yeah. So, you want the new stuff. <laughs> you want the new shit. <laughs> it always makes you a better surfer getting more boards. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So I know you're a music fan. Um, so I was going to talk music with you real quick. Um, cool. What's the latest, do you listen to albums anymore? Uh, kind of, I guess. I'm, yeah, I guess so. Like I have albums on Spotify that I'll listen straight through. Yeah. How about, uh, new albums? Have you heard any new albums that, that you like? New albums. Yeah, actually. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Frank Moody. Uh, it's a band from the UK. Uh, the album's called Dream in Color. Frank it, Moody, Dream in Color. Yeah. F-R-A-N-C Moody. Okay. It's kind of like funky, um, super like rhythmic, almost like R&B a little bit. It's really good bass lines, really good, really tight drums. Really, really good album um, if you're into that kind of music. Yeah. It's 
yeah, I don't know. How about you? Have you been listening to? We listen to a whole bunch of stuff, man. Uh, when the pandemic hit, we got Darcy got me Sonos, a couple Sonos speakers for Christmas. Oh, cool! And we listened to um, the Chill Channel on Sirius XM. <laughs> so nice. it, it kind of got me like that down tempo, like electronic stuff going. Yeah, and okay. Then, like a deep dive where we started listening to Lane Eight, and uh, okay. and now we discovered um, Apple Chill Station, which has some R and B mixed in, which I like, which I like R and B and stuff. But I, I usually only find a good album once every like two years, like a, from a, a new artist, you know, like War on Drugs, Lost in a Dream. Oh, yeah. A couple of years ago, we played the shit out of that. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Spoon had one. Um, mm-hmm. Had some hits on it, too. Like, uh, damn, what the, I can't even think of. A, what's that album that had a time turning? Inside out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a really good album. You can listen to that thing. You can listen to that thing whole, all the way through. Like, it's it's kind of like all the songs kind of sound the same, and that's why you can do that. But it, they're still all really good. It's outstanding. No, it's um, it's a great, great album. And dude, you know what album I just listened to, and I've always liked them. They're always a beat fan, and I respect them because they don't evolve or devolve like many of my former 90s bands have done like weezer mm-hmm. just shit yeah um, green, day, <laughs> green day fucking sucks and it's no fault yeah. of yeah and the bell and sebastian did you ever listen to bell and sebastian not a much not a bunch Scott, no. scottish band like kind of low-key indie stayed mm-hmm. some of the most heartbreaking lyrics and now it's just so corny like it's hard to even listen to it like billy corgan's a great example the pumpkins some of the best stuff ever written in my opinion you listen yeah. to stuff now dude it is it doesn't even sound like a 14 year old girl wrote it i mean it just sounds like the most cliche predictable horrible no. written. one band that hasn't done that is the foo fighters and uh i always give a fair shot to the foo fighters just because i love nirvana and i always just dug david grohl and that new mm-hmm. foo fighter album i've listened to probably like 20 times all the way through. It's one of the few downloads I have on my phone. So that's a new nice. album I had. Okay. Yeah. Nice. You, are you a David Grohl fan? I do. I do like him. I like his drumming. Um, yeah. I used to be, I used to play drums quite a bit. Um, yeah. He's a really good drummer, but he's a really good songwriter too. He is. Yeah. And he doesn't go outside of the box. It's like one thing I always liked about Tom Petty too. It's just put one foot in front of the other. He knows his mm-hmm. lane. And he just produced consistent stuff all the way up to when he died. Another band that I will forever uh, love, and they're never going to let me down. I know it is uh, Radiohead. I'm a big oh, radio yeah. guy. Yeah, you like Radiohead? Yeah, they're solid. I mean, they don't. They feel like they don't compromise artistically, and they don't have to, right? Right. Is, I think what that's what you're t- kind of getting at is some yeah. of these other artists have kind of quote unquote sold out or something. Yeah, their soul. Yeah, dude, I'm all for people selling out and making lots of money and being successful. <laughs> I love giving people money with stuff I believe in, but damn, uh, like Weezer, for instance, I, I remember I heard like Beverly Hills. Like, I couldn't believe that that was the band, you know, <laughs> like the same band that wrote Pinkerton yeah. or something like that. Yeah. What right. do you think about this? So Dave Grohl, so Dave Grohl is in Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, we all know what happens to him. And then he goes on and like ascends to stardom. Right. In- Fighters. If if Kurt Cobain stays alive, you probably never hear about Dave Grohl. You wouldn't know his name. Yeah, I think I, I've thought about that myself. And you can argue yeah. Nirvana's impact on music is 
yeah. probably greater, right? Like their explosion probably. was wider and burned hotter and had more of an impact. But mm-hmm. I think by all metrics, Foo Fighters is a much bigger band than Nirvana ever was, right? You're probably right. Yeah. yeah. I have a seven-year-old boy and he asks questions all the time. And um, I'm indoctrinating him into all of my likes and dislikes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a Giants fan. He's a Niners fan. He loves Steph Curry. And nice. uh, we listen to Nirvana, you know, and I always kind of point out, I go, what band is this, Joe? And he's like, it's Marana or Piranha. <laughs> it's Nirvana. And I go, very good, man. It's Nirvana. And he goes, um, and then he wants to know, and I go, so the Foo Fighters, which you heard, this drummer now plays guitar and sings and writes all the songs for the Foo Fighters. And he goes, well, why did Nirvana break up? Why would they break up? And I just don't have the heart to tell him why. I don't want to explain it. You know what I, mean? I just go, ah, oh, you know, bands just break up. Things happen. Life moves on. <laughs> it's just too macabre. I don't want to even him yeah. understand that concept. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's some heavy stuff in, in that question. Yeah. Question. So, yeah, I can, I'll tell you later. I'll yeah. tell you later, Rob. Exactly. And then, and then like I would, if I did tell him, he would go to my wife and say like, my daddy told me what suicide is, and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and then I'm, you know, um, you're in trouble. What's your, your all time favorite album or what's the first thing that comes to mind when I ask that question, it doesn't have to be number one, but what are among the nominees? Oh man. Um, for a long time and it might still be the case. I haven't really thought about it, but, it was uh, Tortoise. Which album was it? Though? Right on. Yeah, I love Tortoise so much. Um, just their percussion and their like way of building songs. And uh, oh yeah, probably TNT. TNT. Yeah, yeah. TNT. That's Such that a good album. Song. Um... Beautiful song. We're going to lay that song in right now during this audio. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We're going to lay that in. It's like something, something to the wind, I think is the title. I can't recall. Love Tortoise. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What's so it, good. What's uh, it? I set my face to the hillside. Set my face to the hillside. Beautiful song. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, TNT. How about C and Cake? Did you ever get into the C and Cake? I think then, no, I don't think I did. Yeah, C and Cake. I learned th- about Tortoise through the band C and Cake. C is in the ocean and Cake. And uh, they're another band that devolved in their sound. They did not get better uh, with age, but they had the first like four or five. Sam Precop as the singer. And it's like just kind of like this. Um, I don't even know what you'd call it. I, if I was trying to sound like eclectic, I'd say like postmodern jazz. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, he sings lightly, and it's just good, like studying, reading music. It's really beautiful album. But I think yes. a couple members from that. It's all part of some Chicago kind of jazz scene. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, uh, on the Midlife Surfer podcast, one of the intros is uh, is Tortoise. It's Tortoise, yeah. I'm a Tortoise fan. All right. Yeah, they're great. Hey, what do you do? You ever watch surfing on YouTube? Uh, not too much. No. Do you watch any surf films? The last one I watched was that uh, that Need Essentials one. That was really good. I think it's with Torin Martin. Torin Martin. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So Dude, cool. Torin Martin proves that you can get out there like on a seven ten and and rip it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Those waves at the end of that end of that movie, they were like they were like I don't know seven to ten feet. Yeah. 
weren't like super pitchy. They were, you know, kind of mellow. And yeah, he's riding that mid length. And that's like, if I could surf, you know, to infinity um, for the rest of my life, just continually surfing, that's the wave I'd want to be on. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what way? I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like a fat face. It looks, yeah. it just doesn't look punishing. It just looks like it just yeah. invite you like a skate ramp just to skate up and down. And he, he yeah. um, those uh, like the twin pin with channel bottoms. Okay. God, what's that guy? What's that shaper? I should mention his name too. Yeah. More. Oh, morning of earth, morning of earth. Surf. Oh yeah. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. They're like real, like basic white boards with cool channel bottoms. And yeah. Well, the other night, uh, my buddy and I were watching, um, we have a TV set up kind of in my kitchen which sounds kind of tacky, but it works. And I put it on mute when we have people over and I put, uh, I, I type Mason Ho in there. And uh, yes. it's like, it's like being in a surf shop. You just have like constant surf films going, check out Mason Ho mermaid rock. I mean, you know, I know there's a few people who listen to this uh, that aren't surfers, but they, uh, they want to watch it or, or kind of indulge in some of the talk anyway. And even the non-surfer can get into some of the Mason Ho stuff. Yeah. in such a way he's not trying to look badass or cool i don't know what to, how to describe it it's just a really fun style he'll surf like yeah rocks. yeah yeah it's yeah. fun to watch for sure it's very it's super dramatic the kind of stuff he does is he going to die or is he not going to die exactly and there was another one where he was surfing uh you know around some rocks over and over but then he would duck dive and he had a gopro in his mouth or on his head and then he you're a scuba diver you'd appreciate this he would he would swim down through the reef so like what? he'd catch him getting the waves he'd get, he's getting barreled at him yeah and then he jumps on and it's, it's quiet he's beautiful <laughs> fish like you know and then nice. back up. Woo! paddles back up paddles back up that's so cool well, hey, I think you helped me make a podcast just now. So that's good. Nice, dude. Anything else you want okay. to address? Uh, I feel I should ask you some questions. So you got, tell me more about that board you got on the back wall. It's like, it's a blue for the podcast listeners. It's a blue, what is it? Like a nine, 10 foot? Exactly. Nine, 10. Yeah. Nine, 10. Okay. It's a Michelle, as you know, a regular old nose rider is cool. the Ron model. It's one of his more popular models. It's a tank. And um, it's 23 and a half wide. And I think it's like three and um, three six oh, wow. thick. Um, so and when I ordered it okay. from him years ago, I, I told him um, he was the first, I heard him on, heard him on Surf Splendors, like one of like a third or fourth podcast that David Lee Skells ever did. And he just sounded so nice. Um, sound like a cool guy. So I was like, what surfboard shaper should I choose? I don't know. I'll, sound, I'll, I'll deal with the one who sounds like a really sweet dude. And he is. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, I interviewed him and, and he's really cool. Um, so I, I said, I want to make a, and he made me uh, initially made me a board called an easy rider, which is a long board, but it has like a tucked in edge, a little smaller kind of squash tail, uh, okay. a little more flip in the nose. I think it's a little more forgiving, you know, for purling. Got the, it. So it was a perfect board for me to learn on. It was a nine, six, but then I said, I want to learn how to cross step and I want to learn how to fucking nose ride. And so yeah. said, this is going to be super stable for you to cross step. I tell you what. I can cross step on it, but not yeah. that efficiently because I haven't worked hard on it. And um, I'm nowhere near as, as far along as I thought I would be on that thing. It's on my That's wall it. because I just don't surf it that often anymore. <laughs> and I don't have enough room in my garage, you know? So, I see. Yeah. So that's a nice have you gotten? Have you gotten 10 toes over? No, never have. No, I've got, uh, uh, last summer, my goal was to nose ride. And um, 
And so I was getting there, I was getting it like where you sink the tail into the curl and I could feel it, you know, when you're in the curl mm -hmm. and I'd step forward and I could just get it where I'm on the front, basically a third of the board. I could stretch my foot out and get, you know, I guess it'd be like a cheater five, but you're really mm -hmm. in the, have you ever nose, like gotten on the nose on a longboard and felt what that feels like? No. I, I could see how it gets addictive because it's like, you, yeah, you're just like suspended over the water and yeah. you're flying, dude. Like you're in the, the deal. <laughs> And I remember like turning it a little bit and I, I was like, I'm just going to stay on this until I wipe out. Cause this is so cool. And nice. of course, the first wave I caught, the first one I actually got on the nose, this guy on a freaking wave storm, like dropped right in on me. And I was like, <laughs> hey, right behind you, right behind you. yeah, but I was so excited. So no, I haven't nose ridden it much, but it's a very fun board. I took, I could take my boys out on it on a flat day and paddle around the heart, the Harbor, the Bay and Capitola and stuff like that. So nice on board. I think I'm going to go surf uh, Costa Rica oh, yeah, okay. in Nicaragua, Nicaragua soon. Oh, sweet. yeah. And you know where uh, you're going to go? Uh, it's a, it's a beach called Playa Colorado. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I've been to Nicaragua a bunch of times. Oh, you have? It's pretty cool. What time of year did you go? Uh, I think we went in all kinds of times of years. Um, <laughs> that was a weird way to say that, but we went, I think mostly we've gone in the fall. Okay. Supposed to be really good now, I think. I think this falls when it's like at its best, right? Like September. I think the season, so I read, is April through September. Um, okay. So what were the waves like when you were, when you went? What should I expect? Um, I've gotten skunked and I've gotten it really good. Really? Um, the time I got skunked was, I think we went in like February or March. Right. Um, so right around now. Right. Uh, which makes me think the Instagram was a lie when they were saying it was good now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I've heard it's their wet season, like April, their, their rainy season just starts around April or so. And that you need enough, okay. the, riv the river or what have you pumps enough sand into the, the beach to have sandbars to really make a more hollow. Got it. I've seen some like dumping like hollow barrels and I've never really surfed like dumping like hollow, hollow barrels. Have you ever been in a hollow barrel in Nicaragua? I haven't. The closest I got was at that beach was at Colorado's. Um, yeah, it was like five to seven, really good. Saw a bunch of people get big barrels. Um, saw one that was coming right to me and my heart started beating and I just couldn't get into the stupid thing. And like all my friends were like paddling back out to oh. so into it. It would have been just mind blowing and uh, I just couldn't do it. And that Did was it. Yeah, that's uh, I know exactly that feeling, by the way. Uh, I get all up in my head when I know people are watching. And the second you think people are watching or you want to get one because people are watching, like, it's over for me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I'm stoked about that. I think I'm going to take my rocket wide out there and my, nice. and my uh, carver, which is another Juno board. He says it's best at like, you know, head high. It's like a two plus, yeah. not like a mid. So I think that'll be sufficient for the waves. I think you'll be all right. Yeah, there's a beach. There's a beach on the north end of that beach that um, has a little bit rollier, non-pitchy waves. Mm. You should be all right. Yeah, but yeah. It was awesome. Um, stayed in Popoyo a couple of times, which is yeah. kind of like Colorado's. And yeah, there's a bunch of waves around there. So even if you get skunked to Colorado's, maybe you can find one somewhere else. Cool. Have you ever been barreled? Not really. Yeah. Not not enough to where I feel comfortable saying I've, been right. there, you know, right. yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty hard, I think. I, I've heard that. Even Jonathan Wayne Freeman says he's never been properly barreled. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah, he's got to get barreled. You'd think he'd get, like, an invite to the surf ranch or something just so they could. He is due for that, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was following him on Instagram. It looks like he went to Mexico with one of the Hobgood brothers or something like that. So he's coming up in the world, sounds like. <clears throat> nice. Nice. Did you, did you fly into Managua? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. You got any advice for me? Uh, yeah, I will send you, um, there's a really good restaurant cool. that I'll send you, um, wow. that we went to a bunch, um, run by a really like sweet old Nicaraguan lady in oh, uh, Caria. Um, what else is down there? I'll think of some other stuff, but yeah, rents, definitely get a vehicle if you can, or, yeah. or find a surf guide or something. Yeah. Um, they will definitely help you out. Yeah. They'll dial me in. Waves. Right on. Yeah, so um, I don't have much more for you, but I'm glad you, you spoke with me. We've been talking for over a half hour easy, so thank you, Nick. The app is Lazy yeah. Surfer. You're a good dude. And I hope uh, we, I'd love to surf with you sometime. I don't know how, when, or where, but uh, you're the kind of guy yeah. I can see myself hanging out with, especially because you like tortoise, so you're good. Oh, yeah, man. It'll happen. We'll, uh, maybe we'll meet halfway in, in slow or something sometime. Sweet. Cool. Good. And then I'm going to remind listeners, too. I've gotten reviews, but they won't. If you leave a review, just email me, Jeff or Midlife Surfer at Gmail and send me your ship to. And you still have any wax combs in stock? Yeah. All yep. right. Excellent. You're the presenting sponsor of the Midlife Surfer podcast. <laughs> if you leave, if you rate and review the show, you can give it a one star and say that you really, really like the podcast, but you thought the Nick Peterson interview totally sucked. <laughs> you still get a wax comb with the future's uh, fin key on it. So, yep, exactly. With the wax comb. You gave me a couple and uh, I gave a few to my friends and I don't even have one anymore. So, it was a hit. So, good job. Thank you. More <laughs> to the point, they downloaded your app as well, too. So, anyway. Nice. Yeah. No, yeah. Thanks for having me on. This is great. Anytime. Yeah. Good, good. Well, let's keep in touch, Nick. And uh, I don't know. I wish you the best, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Me too. Sounds good. All right. There you have it. My boy's uh, striking class is about to conclude. I'm going to go. I bought some uh, Cadbury eggs. Tis the season for some Cadbury eggs. So I bribe, I bribe the kids uh, with Cadbury eggs. My wife and I do that. You know, if you study for your spelling test, if you ace your spelling test, you get a Cadbury egg. I recommend you do the same. Thank you for checking out this pod. Uh, if you're on Instagram, Midlife Surfer Podcast, and again, midlifesurfer.com, if you want to donate or just stream this podcast on your uh, desktop of your uh, computer. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I wish you the best. Be nice to each other, and peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.